Today we're talking about death and intimacy, two things that may not seem like they go together, but if you come along for the ride, uh, hopefully I can unpack it in a way that they do connect because I actually think that they connect far more than you may realize. I had the honor of flying down and saying goodbye to my ex-wife's grandpa. And there was a lot of takeaways. I'm still processing a lot. I'm still grieving a lot. I'm still riding those waves of grief. But there was some really big takeaways that I have from that experience, both from saying goodbye to him as well as the dynamic of the relationship that I have with my ex-wife and her family, as well as the support of my own wife. So let's go ahead and dive into both grief, death, as well as intimacy and connection. Men, we are not simple, chest-thumping, rock-smashing, fire-starting barbarians. We have death. We intensely feel. We are scared, yet brave. We love to have fun. We're imperfect and make mistakes. We're compassionate and loving. We are multifaceted. Let's explore the reality of masculinity together. Fair warning, today's episode, there's a chance you're going to hear me cry. Actually, a really good chance. Well, (laughs) truth be told, I suppose, um, I had a friend of mine who was upset with me because he said, you pretty cry, (laughs) which translates to um, my eyes just leak. I don't normally ugly cry. I have in my lifetime, but uh, it's not my my default. The reason why I'm saying all of that, obviously, with the intro, talking about a a dear man in my life that this last week I had to go say goodbye to, and um, just wanted to unpack some of that, uh, unpack some of the waves of grief, as well as just life post divorce and what really matters within that. And so me saying goodbye was to my ex-wife's grandfather. We called him Grandy. And he's still currently alive, but he has ended his dialysis, which is the thing that's been keeping him alive. Uh, Just he came to a conclusion that, in his words, he was not wanting to be alive but miserable and wanted to go home to see Jesus. And so in a matter of a few weeks, he's going to pass um, and... So I flew down. It was an impromptu last-minute trip. I booked a flight Thursday night, Friday morning, flew out, and spent about 18 hours traveling, all said and done, to be able to spend an hour with him. And some may say, well, that's not good use of your time, or that's not the most productive use of your time. And I would argue that that was the most productive thing that I could have possibly done Because getting that hour was more important to me than any money, any time, any business, any coaching, anything, to be able to go and say goodbye to a man who had a deep impact in my life. He was the man that married my ex-wife and I. He did our premarital counseling. He, in his words, wanted to be a confidant to me and... 
um, you know, I, I, I said to him, thank you for always accepting me, loving me, and trusting me. And his reply was, Joshua, I always just wanted to be a confidant to you. And, and that carried a lot of weight and depth within our relationship and then even through the divorce. But before I get too far into that, I just wanted to highlight kind of life post-divorce and one, just how fortunate I am because I have an amazing ex-wife and an incredible wife I've, I've remarried. And I, I feel like our dynamics that we have are unusual to say the least. It still kind of blows my mind at times to sit back and think about the relational setup that I have right now, where, for an example, on my birthday in March, um, my ex-wife came over with my kids and I had my my wife and, and my new kids, my new adopted kids, stepkids, bonus kids, whatever you want to call them. And then my kids and my wife and my ex-wife all there celebrating my birthday. And I, there have been several of those moments where I just can't really register fully or appreciate fully what my life has become, where I have an ex-wife who loves me, supports me. I would say that we're friends. We support one another within business and we do co-parenting and we genuinely get along. I genuinely love her, like her, enjoy being around her. And then I have my wife who blows up my boxes and paradigms on a regular basis. And when it comes to my relationship with my ex, there's a thousand ways that could go. She could be worried about me falling back in love with her or wanting her back or just a, a variety of things that she could be feeling. But she genuinely wants me to be happy and obviously wants our kids to be happy. And so that translates to, you know, she was the one that encouraged me, you know, Josh, if this is important for you to say goodbye to Grandy, book the flight. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about it. Just, just go, just go. And it really took that encouragement from her to take action and then to make that trip happen. And I think it's important Maybe you don't have kids with your ex, or maybe you uh, don't have a great relationship, but at least for me, what, what I've learned, you know, we, we first and foremost, we put the kids as the priority. And what I've learned since being divorced is, you know, when my ex and I are in a good place relationally, that translates to a better environment for our kids when they're with their mom or when they're with me. And that came on the backside of a lot of personal work, both with my ex as well as with myself, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of accepting the changes of life and embracing a new norm and what that looks like and, and walking that out. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have moments where I wish we could have made it work, right? And I regret the fact that it ended up with it being a divorce and I share that with my wife and she has those feelings for her ex at times. And I think that's perfectly normal to, especially if you have kids, to look back and say, you know, what if we could have just figured something out? You know, I, I personally believe that had I found plant medicine with my ex, there was a really good chance that that could have saved our marriage. Now, there's a thousand ways to look at that and there's a ton of unknowns and that's not what happened. But 
it has led to so much intimacy with my current wife that I can't help but question and wonder what my marriage could have looked like if we could have started working with plant medicine. Now that said, me getting a divorce is what ultimately led me to turning to psychedelics and to plant medicine to heal my mind because my world fell apart. So philosophically, you could ask the question whether or not I would have ever found plant medicine if my marriage didn't fall apart. But I'm not going down too far down that rabbit hole of what ifs, but I'm just saying that it's perfectly normal to have those moments. Uh, a friend of mine who had a divorce and was coaching me through my divorce and helping me navigate the grief of that death. You know, the marriage, a divorce is a death and processing waves of grief, just like a death, is an important thing to do. And I've got an episode on riding the waves of grief. And if you want to do look that up, I would encourage you to as far as how to keep your heart open and connected and present because none of us want to feel bad. None of us want to feel sad, but it's important to let yourself move that emotion through you so that it doesn't get bottled up and we turn to all kinds of checkout mechanisms, etc. But when it comes to that death of the divorce, it is perfectly normal to look back on that and ask those what if questions or to grieve the fact that it didn't work out. And I've just been fortunate enough to have a wife who's not afraid of that. I mean, our, our connection is solid. Our commitment is solid. And I think that's a big factor, right? What we do within our marriage so that we can be fully vulnerable, fully honest with what we're feeling, the good, the bad, the ugly, and it doesn't create any kind of jealousy or tension or concern between us because it's perfectly normal to have those emotions. If you try to suppress those emotions, that's when you aren't fully present with your partner. And that's when it's really easy to want to check out or escape or turn to coping mechanisms. But it's important to take the risk of opening your heart and being honest and vulnerable with your partner. All that said, the time the last couple weeks, it has stirred some of that up in me related to Grandy passing because he, like I said, he was the person that married Danielle and I, and um, we had a really deep, intimate connection. And I, and I found myself at a place where going to Florida and saying goodbye to him you know, here I was around my ex-father-in-law and my ex-wife and my ex, I guess it would be ex-grandpa, ex-grandy. <laughs> I don't know how exactly you would put that. But we just, we had these beautiful moments of connection around the things that really matter, which is intimacy, love, depth of connection, and being able to say goodbye to him while it was beautiful, it also was extremely painful because... You, know, you could say the goodbyes, you could reflect on those moments that you had with that person, and I will never forget it. I'll never forget for the rest of my life what it was like to be able to sit in the room across from Grandy and reflect on the relationship that we had and to be honest with the grief around him passing. Now, he said it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because 
he obviously is going to miss this life and miss the love that the family that he had shared with him. But he was also very honest with the fact that he was looking forward to going to heaven and to meeting Jesus and to doing a dance in heaven. That's what I told him to do. But to be able to look forward to that and really live your life, and this is one of my takeaways, was to live my life in a way where when I'm at the my ending days and reflecting on my life, that it's not with regret or sadness, but it's with a sense of peace and living my life to the fullest, whatever that looks like for you, for me, it's being present with my kids, it's establishing things on my ranch and managing my property and building businesses and being connected to my community, to my spouse, to my kids, so that I can arrive at the end of my life and look back. Will I have regrets? Absolutely. Do I already have regrets? Of course I do. But to be able to look back on my life and to honestly feel full and feel complete, I think it's an important thing to pause and to look at the things that you're doing now and are they in line with that that desire, that uh, motivation where to be at the end of your life to see it being full and complete. I mean, Grandy, he's 92 now, and he checked off his bucket list skydiving, but he happened to do that two years ago when he was 90 years old. And so there's no such thing as too late to start to pursue those things, those life experiences that give you a full life, a, a sense of fullness and completion in your life. That doesn't mean that you have to jump out of a perfectly good plane to do that. No, but maybe it does. It just depends on what matters to you, what will make you feel full at the end of your life. And one thing that I, I like to do with clients is actually have them write their obituary. And that might sound kind of morbid, but it's to sit down because your obituary is, you know, like what did this man accomplish? Not in the sense of, he made this much money, but what did he accomplish in his life? Who was he as a man? Was he compassionate, connected, strong, determined? What, what, what was that for him? And you make, you make yourself sit down and write that out practically, tangibly, and then ask yourself the really hard question is, am I living my life in a way that this would be true at the end of my life? And I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of times that's very challenging. It, it challenges me and provokes me to live my life differently, not in the sense of perfectionism or performing, but to, to step up to the man that I want people to see at the end of my life and taking time to do that, you know, and then being able to take time to look at the ways that maybe you're not aligning with that and then put together an action plan on how you're going to do things differently. Uh, Danielle asked Grandy a, a question, which was, what advice would you give your younger self? Just any advice at all. If you could give your younger self one point or tip of advice, what would that be? And he paused and thought about it and his answer really challenged me 
but it was that you know a lot of times you hear people say well to believe in yourself more to be more confident at a younger age or take more risk those kinds of things but his answer was you know i think the advice that i would give would be to be more disciplined around my passions to be more disciplined around my passions doesn't mean more discipline in your time management for your job, et cetera, but what are the things that you're passionate about and how disciplined are you at taking action and pursuing those and leaning into those? And that challenged me. It made me really assess how well am I following through with what I'm saying with my wife, with myself, with my kids, that my passions are, how well aligned am I? Am I saying that that's my passion, but my actions, my discipline is not following through with leaning into that in really practical, tangible ways? And so I would encourage you to ask yourself that same question. How disciplined are you in the areas of the things that you say that you're passionate about? Because discipline, it can feel challenging in the beginning, but ultimately, discipline creates freedom, whether that's financial freedom or time freedom or emotional freedom. Because the more that you can lean into discipline temporarily, the more it will unlock practical things like habits that then automate things. And they don't feel as hard as they do up front. They will help you be more connected to yourself and to others. Now, you can take any concept, right, and become militant about it and unhealthy about it. I'm not saying that. But just honestly ask yourself, how disciplined am I being around the things that I'm saying are my passions? And you may find that you have an opportunity to lean into discipline in those areas, not in an all or nothing way, but in a healthy, well-balanced way. And you don't know what that is going to unlock and open up for you. But if you're lackadaisical about your, your passions, then you can't be that surprised if those passions are more so a pet hobby than a passion. You know, for me with Grandy, I had several moments where I was sitting in the room with him and I couldn't help but just well up with tears because obviously the grief and the sadness around saying goodbye to him was there. But also just the immense honor that I had to be able to be in a relationship in a way with my ex family, ex's family, where they were okay with me coming. They encouraged me to come. They weren't making it awkward when I was there and they were really loving and embracing in that way. And sitting there realizing that, you know, this is a unique thing for me to be able to step into the family that that was my family that is no longer my family i mean you could say that it is to a degree and it's changed but my ex's family and to have the opportunity to say goodbye to a man who to a man who touched me in a very deep and profound way and the ability to do that you know, he, he kept saying, I'm just blown away that you came, Josh. I'm just blown away that you came. And for me, it was like, a, this is a no-brainer. Of course I would come. Of course I would drop anything that I needed. Like nothing else matters than those intimate moments 
that we get to share with our human to human connection. And it really hits home when somebody's at the end of their life. My ex father-in-law used to always say weddings and funerals are two things you don't miss because those are very important moments in someone's life. If you care about them, then you make it a priority to be able to be there. And for me saying goodbye to Grandy puts things in perspective, even with this podcast or even with my businesses. It's not that I'm saying what's the point and going down this dark path, but it's more so challenging me to really assess those things that I perceive to be important, but really looking at, honestly, looking at how is my connection with my ex, with my wife, with my kids, with my friends, and how am I following through with my, my desire, my passion, my heart's desire is to be connected deeply, intimately. And, you know, I mean, even with my gra- my grandpa, it kind of threw me off a little bit because my grandpa, I loved my grandpa on my mom's side. He had a farm in Illinois. He was very generous with his time and his money, but he was kind of old school and his bandwidth for connection was mostly around the weather or the crops or just things that didn't have a lot of emotional depth to it. And given his generation and his life, that was what he, that was the ways he showed love. And I didn't feel bad about that, but it threw me off the way that the, the, the pain and the, the grief associated with Grandy feels deeper than, or feels more painful than my own grandfather passing. And I think that was because of the way that Grandy chose to live his life and the way that he chose to lean into relationship and with me from the beginning. And we had several one-on-one conversations and, you know, here I was a man that was just showing up and pursuing his granddaughter and then ultimately marrying her. But he, he chose from the beginning to, to love me, to embrace me, to respect me, to trust me to share his wisdom with me. And even though I only got to know him for a short period of time, given the scope of his life, I had a very deep connection with him. And it really challenged me, and hopefully it challenges you, to look at and assess the relationships you have in your life that maybe it's a no-brainer, right? Love my kids, be intentional with my kids. But what about the relationships that don't fit into the norms or the expectations of what society says should be deep, intimate connections. How are you leaning into those friends? How are you leaning into and being intentional with your ex, with people that maybe it doesn't make sense from the onset, but in the scope of life, what kind of man do you want to be known for? Who do you want to be known as at the end of your life? For Grandy, he was known as a spiritual man who is deeply connected to the people in his life, who was intentional with the way that he loved, who was kind, compassionate, slow to anger, wise. He he chose to lean into those things rather than being caught up in the hustle and bustle of life. Now, granted, I met him later on in his life, so you could argue that 
maybe in his latter years that he leaned into those things more. But I would propose you don't have to wait until those latter years. In the midst of everything you have going on, you can choose to lean into those things that really, truly matter when it comes to human connection, when it comes to intimacy, when it comes to love. What kind of life are you living? Are you chasing the right things? Are you being intentional with the right things? Are you being disciplined with the right things? Whether it be around your passions or your connections. Because when it all comes down to the end, nobody talks about, oh man, I feel so accomplished. I'm about to pass. I feel so accomplished because I built this business or I achieved this goal or I got this pay raise. Nobody talks about those things. They talk about the impact that they had in people's lives. They have the landscape of the connections of the people that they made or that the people that show up shows the level of connections that they had with people. And for Grandy, he was very intentional, very loving, very kind. And that showed in the way that I, his ex, let's see, your ex-grandson, I don't know if that's the right phrase to use, but would drop everything and come say goodbye to him. So I encourage you and challenge you to live life in a way that when you're at the end of your life, maybe your ex or someone that may not fit the norm of who would show up to say goodbye would actually go out of their way to show up and say goodbye because of the way that you chose to live and to love and to lean into connections. 